This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Join the Fixer Upper Marriage class via live recording as we learn how to make marriage and love better. You can fix the problems in your marriage together, and you may be surprised when you find out how. For show notes and more valuable content, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash together. When you are fixing up a house, you always can find some unexpected issues, right? Maybe you discover that there wasn't insulation where there's supposed to be insulation. I mean, you start working on your house and you wonder why it was so cold on that end of the house, right? And you find out that there wasn't any insulation put in. So then you have to uh, worry about that. Or maybe the electrical wires were not put in wrong. That's a scary thing that happened when you realize, hey, somebody was... Uh, putting in the electrical and they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't even use wire nuts. They used tape. That's not a good sign that someone knew what they were doing or maybe the plumbing pipes were installed wrong and you don't realize that till you start using the plumbing, right? So you find these things out as you try to fix your house up and any number of unexpected things can happen. Likewise, when you're trying to fix up your marriage, so to speak, you can find unexpected problems that you didn't really realize were there to start with. There could be problems that your spouse has that maybe you were not unaware of until you got further along in your marriage and then some things happened or whatever and you find out that there's some issues there that you had, maybe some issues that you had that you didn't even realize. There are ways you can fix those things together and the key word today is together and you're going to find that out, how you can fix your marriage together. Number one, find your common enemy. Find your common enemy. I have a friend at work who fought in the Gulf War in Iraq. And something he's told me a lot of times is when he first enlisted, they all had groups. He's from New York. And he said that he, he had a group of guys that he was with and they were buddies and they were all from New York. He said there was these guys that were from out west and they were all like in the hunting and whatnot. And they had their own little group together. And and then before it was over, when they went into battle, when they actually started fighting, he was in right in the line of of battle and confrontation. He said, when you're writing about it, it doesn't matter anymore. You're all on the same team because you have a common enemy. Who cares that we had a black group and a white group or Hispanic group? Now we're all fighting the common enemy. It's just that common enemy kind of brings us together. The marriage can get this way too. Get so busy fighting each other that you forget that you have a common enemy. And by focusing on the common enemy that you have, it helps you to overcome things in your marriage. You can learn how to fight those things together. You know, the biggest enemy that you have is the devil. It's one of those things that a lot of people just want to ignore. It's one of those things a lot of people just, like the devil, want to act like he doesn't exist. But you must understand that the devil hates a godly marriage and a godly home. You don't have to read the headlines of the news for very long to understand that Satan is trying to destroy marriage. He's trying to destroy the home. Anything he can do to tear it down, he is. And the devil is working actively to destroy your marriage. He's working actively to destroy the Christian home and the Christian marriage. And you know what? When you understand this as a couple, you can kind of put aside maybe some little things that really aren't that important because you have a common enemy to fight. There's someone trying to destroy your marriage, and that someone is the devil. That's Satan. He's doing everything he can to destroy your marriage. That leads us to John chapter 8 and verse number 44. 
Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. This is Jesus speaking. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. So Jesus said the devil is a liar. And that's true. He is a liar, isn't he? And your marriage is a target that he has. You may think that you're not worth the trouble of Satan attacking you. But if you're trying to do something for God, if you're trying to make your marriage better, if you're trying to live for Jesus, then yes, you are a target of the devil. He, if you make the choice to try to do things right and make changes in your life, it's like you get this big bullseye on your back. If you don't believe me, just try to do something different. Try to do something different for God. What, I'm going to start being faithful and trying to be on time for church every service. I mean, just try it. There'll be a tractor in front of you. I mean, out of the blue when you're trying to get to church. I mean, some crazy person will decide on Highway 290, they're going to do like 10 miles an hour. It's like, come on, you can at least do like 10 miles over the speed limit. Are these people just creeping along and you have to get to church? I mean, what's wrong with these people? Something's going to happen. I mean, the, the kids, I'm going to make, Lord, I'm going to be on time tomorrow. Something's going to happen with the kids. You know how it is. They're going to get a fight. They're going to get an argument. They're going to come out of the shower and have soap still in their hair. And you're trying to fix it. Oh, my goodness, what has happened? Something always goes wrong when you try to do right. And a lot of sometimes that's just doing things different. But a lot of times that is an outright attack of Satan. He's trying to prevent you. He's trying to counter move what you're doing. So we're going to do something to help my marriage. I'm going to do something to make things better. We're going to do something to serve the Lord. And you face opposition from the devil. And by recognizing this, it helps you instead of fighting each other, you understand we have a greater enemy. My wife is not my enemy. The devil is. He's the one that's trying to destroy my marriage. He's trying to destroy me. It's like he has these fiery darts, the way the Bible puts it. And he's preparing them. He's going to throw them at you as soon as you try to do something for God. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And what's the Bible say? Where, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the devil is real. The devil wants to destroy your marriage. Recognize and fight him together. My nephews have always just loved to hunt and trap. I mean, just like live and breathe to hunt and trap. It's just something since they were little. I mean, I used to go over to the house and they'd have all sorts of traps sitting around. And they had some of the traps that he had. They were like a cage and the animal that they wanted, they would have a lure inside the cage and the animal would get in the cage and then a trap door would fall behind them and they would trap that animal. And a lot of the ones they used were these little foot traps that they had. They were spring loaded and they would go hide them in the woods, hide them under leaves. And the animal would step on that, on the the fox or whatever they're trying to catch would step on that spring loaded trap and it would catch them by the foot. And they would come every so often and check those traps during the season when they were supposed to it's just something they've always done. They've always been real excited about it. But you know what? The devil is a lot like them. He's a lot like them hunting animals. He's a lot like a hunter. He lays out traps, doesn't he? I mean, he just thinks it through and just puts traps right there for you. What a trap of Satan. Satan tries to draw the sex outside of the marriage covenant is a trap of Satan, isn't it? Those images that, that he puts out there, they're just snares to ruin your relationship. I mean, it's like he just laid a trap there. And he puts all these images on the Internet. He said, this is, this is a trap. This is the lure that I'm putting. And once you're in it, then this trap is going to close on you and you're not going to be able to get out. 
He's out to get all the temptations of flirting with another person. It's a trap. He puts a lure in there. You start falling for it, and all of a sudden, a trap door falls behind you. And now you've really messed up your marriage before you realize it. It's the devil trying to ruin your marriage. The devil wants to destroy what God is trying to do in your life. He's in opposition to everything God is trying to do. And I'm sure he's placed all types of traps in my life and in your life. All sorts of traps everywhere. He's just hit them places. So just so when you try to start to wander around, when you start to wander off, he's got a trap set. He's got that foot trap. And when you step on that spring, it's going to catch you. He's got a lure set up somewhere in a cage. And you're going to, you're going to crawl in there and he's going to shut the door behind you. He puts all kinds of hidden traps to destroy your marriage. Understand it's the devil putting those things in your way. And it's the devil that's trying to destroy your marriage. And one great thing about marriage is if you get in a trap, you've got someone to help you out. You're not just alone out there. You've got someone to help you. That's why God made marriage to help each other out. Together, you can overcome what the devil is trying to do in your marriage. You can also help your spouse find those traps and protect them from falling into those traps. You know what? By meeting the emotional and physical needs of your spouse, they're not going to be wandering around in the woods falling into Satan's little traps that he has, right? So you can help your spouse by focusing on the enemy that we have. Instead of focusing on fighting with each other, you can help your spouse and yourself have a better marriage by focusing on the real enemy. Focus on the real enemy. It's not each, we're not at each other. We've got to fight the devil. He wants you to fight. Guess what? If you're busy fighting each other, you're not going to do much for Christ. You can't join in the battle for souls of men if you're in the battle with your spouse. It just doesn't work. He Therefore, he just puts thoughts and things in your mind. This is, it's a tag that he uses all the time. It's all like the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, doesn't he? It's like sometimes the devil just wants to speak things into our mind. He just puts thoughts. Where'd that come from? The devil put that thought there. You know what? He's, he's laying traps out for you. And he puts his thought in your mind. And he's trying to trap you. He's trying to trick you. The more you listen to him, the more gain, the more gain he gets in your marriage, the more gain he gets in your life, the more you choose to listen to him. Listen to what God said. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. God says resist the devil. Don't let him have his way in your life. You both have a common enemy. Join the fight together to stop him. Also, you can view your fights with each other as the enemy. Another way of looking at it, when you're having disagreements with one another and you're having fights, view those fights as the enemy. There's a different way of looking at those disagreements that you have. Think of them as the enemy. Instead of blaming each other and making yourself the victim, make both of you the victim. We are both the victim of these arguments. We are both the victims of these fights. No, it takes the heat off of each other if you focus on what's actually going on. This disagreement, this argument that we're having, what's actually happening here? By focusing on that, you can, as together as a team, you can beat that argument. You can beat those things that are hurting your marriage. You can beat those disagreements. And that brings us to the next point. Use the team method. Now, you won't find this anywhere else because it's not anywhere else. This is a new thing. It's called the team method. Maybe not so new, but the way it's worded is new. The team method. The T is together you can win. Together you can win. 
I'll have these notes on the website. You'll be able to download those and maybe you can even print them off if you need to. But I should have that up by Wednesday. I will try my best. But together, T is together, the T and team, together we can win. Now, marriage is a partnership that was created by God. And it's not one of these 50-50 things. It's 100% and 100%. You give 100% and your spouse gives the 100%. In the beginning, he put the first man and the first woman together with all their strengths and all their weaknesses. And it was in his creative design that they worked together. It's just like an amazing partnership. Yes, it's a relationship. Yes, it's a covenant that we enter into. But it's a partnership together. The marriage makes two separate people become one. Therefore, together, you can overcome your problems. Together, you can make your marriage something beautiful. When you enter into the marriage covenant, it's like you lose your life, but you find it in the other person's life. Therefore, what's the Bible say? Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. That's Genesis 2, verse 24. You become one. You lose your life in the life of someone else's. The simple word together, I think, sums up the entire marriage relationship. It's not just you anymore. You are together. So you can use that togetherness to overcome the problems in your marriage. You can use that togetherness to even overcome the arguments that you're having together. The E is each person is respected or each person should be respected. Now, it should go without saying, but it really needs to be said, doesn't it? Each spouse in the marriage relationship deserves the other's respect. Marriage is a partnership that God created. And each member of that partnership should be respected. Even though, right, the husband is a biblical leader of the home, we can find that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. If you want to look that up, you can read that. I've been over that many times in this class. Even though the husband is the leader of the home, even though he makes the head of the home, as the Bible puts it, it doesn't mean he's superior to the wife. It doesn't give him the option of disrespecting or treating his wife not in respect. As a person, the husband and the wife are equal in the partnership of marriage. Now, they have different positions in marriage, right? But as as a person, each has their own respect. It should be respected as a person. There is equal partnership. Therefore, the husband should treat his wife with all her emotions and feelings and desires and things that she wants and needs with respect. The wife should treat her husband with respect. You know what? How your husband feels actually matters. You should respect him as a person. How your what your husband thinks and the way he feels that should be important to you because you should respect him as a person. What he thinks should be important to you. You know, unless and I'm going to teach about this soon. I've been preparing, but unless your husband is abusing you or abusing the children, if that's the case, if your husband is abusing you or abusing children, you should get out of there and call the police. Right. But if your husband is living right, your husband is trying to do right. Your husband is is equal to you in the marriage relationship, in the partnership of marriage. And you should treat him with respect. We all have different we have different position and roles in marriage, but we should treat each other with respect. So each person should be respected. The A and team always give the benefit of the doubt. 
always give your spouse the benefit of a doubt. Never assume the worst about your spouse. Always just go ahead and assume up front the best about your spouse. Now, maybe your wife is struggling with something that you don't understand. Always assume the best. Maybe your husband is going through something and he needs your patience and understanding as he goes through it. Always assume the best. Don't just take everything that your spouse does or says in a negative way. This is what we think. I know what she meant by that. And when my wife said that, I know what she really meant. No, you don't know what they mean. No, I don't know what she really meant. There's more going on. There's probably more to the story than it seems outside of it. Always assume the best. Maybe you need to ask questions to clarify some, some things. Maybe you need to sit down and discuss some things together, but always assume the best. Don't just assume that your spouse has a problem with you. Don't just assume that your spouse is meaning something wrong by what they're saying. Assume the best. The M in team is meaning is more important than you winning. I don't know why a lot of times we're like this. Sometimes I'm this way. Well, if I'm honest, a lot of times I'm this way. But when I get in an argument, I really want to win. I really want to get the last word in. But the truth is, you never really win in an argument in marriage, do you? In fact, you probably lost. If you got the last word in, you probably lost that argument with your spouse. It's like the old saying, the bone that's on the table is not the one the dog is choking on. There's meaning to what's being said. There's more to the story than what it may seem like on the outside. Understanding this is critical in the marriage covenant. Underlying frustrations can lead to fights about completely unrelated things. You get that? Sometimes we fight about things, but that's not really what we're fighting about. We might be fighting about what we chose to have for dinner. It's not really what we're fighting about. There's really something else going on. There's a meaning to what's going on. It's like the root of bitterness that the Bible describes. Listen to this. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. That's Hebrews 12, 15. This is how it works. This is how the root of bitterness, this is how it works. Outward problems are really just a reflection of something going on inside that's more deeper and meaningful. And until you deal with the root of the problem, it doesn't matter how much you try to fix the outside. There's something on the inside that's wrong. There's a root problem there. It's like you've ever... I've been in church my whole life and I've met people like this. There was a problem with this. There was a problem with that. There was a problem with this. No, there was one problem. There was one problem there. There's a root to that problem. And that's the way it is in marriage. Maybe the root to the whole problem is how you're making your spouse feel. Maybe the reason your husband is acting the way he is, is he has a deep fear of you leaving him. And so his reaction, his rage, way he reacts in rage is because he's afraid. There's a root problem to it. Maybe the reason, maybe there's something going on with your wife. Maybe the reason she reacts the way she does is because she has some real insecurities in her life. She's really afraid that you could leave her. And she acts the way she does because of that. 
there's a root a lot of times to our argument. It has nothing to do with what we're arguing about. Together, the T in team, the team method, together you can win. Each person should be respected. Always give the benefit of a doubt. And meaning is more important than winning. Thirdly, become accessible to each other. Become accessible to each other. God made marriage as the most vulnerable relationship in the world. He created man and woman with absolutely nothing to hide from each other. And that is reflected in the creation story. I mean, listen to this. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis 2.25. In marriage, there is nothing hidden from each other. Love is like the ultimate gamble. I remember when I first started talking to my wife and I had this fear that she really wouldn't like me. But you know what? I took a risk. And what is the risk? What is the reward for the risk? The reward is love. What I took a risk with her and we ended up falling in love. We ended up getting married. We ended up being married for many years now because I took that risk. And that's the way it is in marriage. There's nothing that should be hidden from each other. We make ourselves vulnerable. In that moment, when I first spoke to my wife, I made myself very vulnerable. She could have hurt me. She could have rejected me. But thankfully, things worked out. I took that risk. That's the way it is in marriage. Nobody else in the world, there's nobody else in the world you and your spouse making yourselves vulnerable to each other. Take that chance. Make yourself vulnerable to one another. You shouldn't hide anything from each other. And sometimes that's what happens in marriage. We start having these disagreements and we've hid things from each other. Sure, you're arguing about the footprints on the kitchen floor. But really, there's something else going on. We keep fighting all the time about silly things. But really, there's something else going on. There's something that you're hiding from your spouse. You say, what if I tell them that? What will they think of me? What will this do to me? If I tell my wife how I really feel that I'm really afraid that this might happen. Make yourself vulnerable to your spouse. Just like that first moment when you first started talking and you took a chance. Make yourself vulnerable. And you know what? Your spouse may realize that the things they've been saying and doing, this is why it hurts my husband to treat him this way. This is why my wife reacts the way that she does. Now I understand because we've been so open and vulnerable to one another. When you hide things from your spouse, you lose. Take the time to really open up and tell each other how you feel. You might be surprised. Maybe a question like, what is your deepest fear? What is the worst thing that you think could happen? You may be surprised at their answer. These are the kinds of questions that can really put the struggles in your marriage into perspective. I understand things now because I understand how I've made you feel. Be the person that your spouse can come to. Be accessible to them. You become that person that your spouse can actually tell them how you feel. They can tell you 
how they feel. Be accessible to them. Be the person who absolutely refuses to judge them. Be the person that accepts your spouse with all their faults and failures and all their fears. Become accessible. In summary, how you can fix your marriage together, and I said together was a key word. Number one, find your common enemy. Nothing else draws people together than having a common enemy to fight. And we have a big enemy to fight, and that's the devil. Number two, use the team method. Use the method that we discussed today to help in your marriage, to help fix the problems in your marriage. Number three, become accessible to one another. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage, so don't miss it.